I'm Mark Ficciani. Welcome to Forge Your Path. To see the type of impact he's been able to have on the lives of his athletes is really inspiring. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Forger Path Podcast. I want to kick off by saying thank you so much for continuing to support this message, continuing to spread the word, um, having so much fun with this. And I just want to say I truly appreciate all the feedback from everybody. And if you have ideas for future episodes, you want to share your own stories, please DM me and I'd love to chat further. So I want to dive in to talk about this topic today. And I started reading this book, I'd say about three weeks ago. And interestingly enough, I'd never heard of this person. I would say that I'm somebody now that's getting on social media more. I'm not a person that spends a ton of time there, but obviously the more time you spend, the more you learn about other people and and you hear different messages. And I quickly realized this guy who I'm about to share is a bit of an icon. Uh, perhaps a bit of a lightning rod. And I don't th- mean that in a in a negative way, but he's just attracted so much attention because of his extraordinary feats and his extraordinary accomplishments. And sometimes social media can package something and y- you get an impression uh, based on something. And I think that is, sometimes that's really helpful when that right package is presented. Sometimes things can be misunderstood. And what I want to share today is a book by a man who, again, I find his story to be one of the most incredible that I've heard. It's a guy named David Goggins. And if you haven't heard of him, let me tell you something. Pick up this book. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm showing you the copy of Can't Hurt Me, which is his first book. I'm currently just starting his second book, which is right here beside me, Never Finished. But I'm not going to talk about that yet since I'm only a chapter or two in. And I just want to share some lessons that I got from this book because there are so many for anybody who is just striving for that better performance. And I'm not really talking about physical performance. This is where I think the misunderstanding comes about Goggins. Of course, a lot of if you want to test yourself mentally, a great proving ground is how hard can you push your body? So the physical arena is a great place to do that. And yeah, of course, I'm really attracted to that as well because I'm a former college wrestler. I'm a former coach of 15 years. And so, yes, that area really interests me. But I think what he shares in this book is not really about the physical. The real beauty of it is what I think is captured in the mental game. And that is the game that all of us are battling against. And I think, again, social media can package this up as bravado sometimes when you see him just cranking out pull-ups or dropping a couple MFers uh, or some other curses. And I think it gets misunderstood as just ego and bravado. And that's not really what he's about at all. So I want to be able to put that as a, as a pre-frame for this talk because... I think that in listening today, these are some areas that I'm striving for. I want to be mentally tougher. I want to be mentally more resilient. I want to be mentally more sound in terms of chasing down my goals and showing up every day 
and doing the consistent work required to grow and to be better as a leader, as a parent, as a spouse, and really just as a human being. So the things I'm going to share today really fall into that context. So here goes. Number one, in life, everything is a mind game. In life, everything is a mind game. Early on in the book, I picked this up and David Goggins talks about Hell Week. And the whole purpose of that week, of course, is to push these incredible soldiers who are the elite fighting force in the world to become a better physical version of themselves. But really, it's about how far can you go? Uh, And I think capturing that idea of just understanding that each day life is a mind game is a great one because... Things are going to happen every day. And so often, I don't know how many times I hear different people say, today was great until fill in the blank. Well, guess what? Curveballs are going to happen. Adversity is going to show up. And every day is not going to go as planned. It, It really never will. That's not me being negative. That's the reality of life. So tuning your mind in to be able to, at a moment's notice or a snap, to be able to adjust, accept, and realign is a huge thing. And if you listen to my prior story about being stuck in the airport and having a a 25-hour experience to get home from a work travel, that was so helpful for me in just accepting this as a mind game and a test, as opposed to some kind of a a grand scheme that had been concocted against me. Uh, You know, Uh, woe is me. I can't believe this is happening to me. Poor me. As opposed to, hey, stuff happens and you need to be able to roll with it and adapt and not just get through something, but how about learning to thrive? How about taking each mental test and becoming stronger and more resilient from it? David Goggins obviously did that and continues to do that every single day to be able to test that mind game, to be able to ignore himself for greater and greater challenges. And so to me, that's a great reminder. Everything in life is a mind game. Second piece. I know that oftentimes one lesson I keep learning is that life is not so binary. I often organize my life or in the past have organized my life in really convenient terms. Win, lose succeed, fail, right, wrong. And I think that that's really simple. That's really convenient, like I said, but it may not necessarily be that helpful because it really misses the opportunity of what Goggins calls second attempt mentality. So let's say you have a certain challenge you've put out for yourself. You'd like to go out and be able to do a 10K. But in the training process, you pull a calf muscle and you're unable to complete your goal because you had to stop training, you had an injury, and now you have to postpone it. So on the one hand, you can simply say, I failed. I didn't get the job done. And while it is true that on that particular day, you didn't get to run that race that you were planning to do, What Goggins takes a look at is saying, I didn't succeed yet. I didn't complete the job yet. I didn't achieve the goal yet. And instead, come back 
and take a second attempt. Sometimes in life, we tend to simplify things and we can afford ourselves the opportunity to go back and take that second attempt. If I could go back and do so many things over with this mentality, I'm sure that my life would have unfolded differently. One I can think of that just came to mind as I'm speaking here is the work I did to write a book. Back when I was a teacher, I spent a little over a year crafting a novel for middle-aged students. Sorry, middle school students. <laughs> Definitely was not for middle-aged students because, uh, yeah, it was really geared for, let's call it that sixth to ninth grade boy audience. That was really the sweet spot. And I worked my ass off to get that book written. I was diligent. I spent time every day writing, editing, and alternating through that. And then it came time for, as Stephen Pressfield calls, the war of art, where you're out there trying to publish. And so I was consistent. And I reached out to editors on a daily basis. And what was really great was, at a certain point, just like anything, you show up day after day. Most people don't get back to you. A few people say no, but a couple people find interest. And on four different occasions, I got really excited because I'd sent out an initial, whatever the request was, perhaps it was three chapters or five chapters. The editor said, I like what you have here. Send me the full copy. I sent the entire book and three out of four times, guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. I got no feedback. They didn't say this book isn't for us. They didn't say it's not really dated in the right time period. They didn't say your style is off. They said nothing. And that ultimately broke my spirit because I had reached out afterwards to each of these, these editors probably eight to 10 times and I got no response. And at that point, instead of taking that fifth attempt mentality, sixth attempt mentality, I stopped. I quit. And if I could go back and do that over again, I would have just stayed in the game and just seen it as I haven't succeeded yet and gotten the feedback and kept working to make that a reality. So I've tabled that for now. At some point, I will get that done when I have the right bandwidth and energy to be able to do that. So that's a second attempt mentality. And that's a, a great story, I think, from my own life of where I fell short. And now adopting this going forward, I know even just on a workout basis, when I, I fall short on a set, uh, trying to figure out on the next set to be able to put a better effort in, that's the mentality. I've talked a little bit about my golf game. Even though I've had some frustrating rounds, I'm taking that second attempt mentality to continue to work on my game and to improve, knowing I haven't gotten there yet. So I love this concept and I encourage you to undertake it as well every time you come a little bit short. Number three, there's a companion to this. It's, it's really the idea that there's no gift as inevitable or overlooked as failure. Let me say that again. There's no gift as often overlooked or inevitable as failure. I know traditionally at different points in the past when I've fallen short, I get frustrated. I want to sweep it under the rug. And under the name of positivity, the name of positivity, 
I try to move on and say, all right, going to get at it. I'll, I'll do something else. I'll succeed the next time. And I think that's a missed opportunity. And yes, I understand logically what I'm trying to do there. I'm trying not to hang on to the negative emotions. There is some value in that. But I think what I've learned and rediscovered from David Goggins is this idea of an after action review, what the military calls an AAR. So in an after action review, you take a look at all the objective facts of the situation. Where did I do well in this undertaking? Take inventory on that. Take a look at all those details and understand where you did well. And then where and why did I fall short? What was I missing? What information did I not have? What skills were deficient? What choices were flawed in the process? All of this gives a person the opportunity to get a more thorough understanding to then take that second attempt, take that third attempt and continue to be able to iterate and get better. And I think so often we just want to move past these failures because they hurt. It, it, you know, as Kobe says, uh, rest his soul. I watch a lot of videos of him um, after he's passed. I'm never, I've never been a huge basketball fan, but I've come to really admire his on-court mentality of how he approached the game. He says it sucks to lose, but by the same token, there's lessons there. And and if you just look at them, and that's what the AAR is. It's just looking at the situation, understanding what you can take from it. So for me, I'm doubling down on this because I know I've got more work to do in terms of dissecting some of these failures, dissecting some of these attempts that didn't go as planned. And to me, I think this is a great, great call out for myself. Hopefully it's a great call out for you to just go do that detailed analysis and to be objective and figure out what you can use for the next time. So the second attempt mentality, and there's no gift as often overlooked or inevitable as failure are, are really twins that I think are so powerful if you can employ them to your advantage. Number four, a calloused mind without a foundation will break. A calloused mind without a foundation will break. So what does that mean? Obviously, the tougher you get and the more you callous your mind, which I think is just a great visual, you know, think about that, developing calluses on your mind, is, is a great thing because you now have become more immune to the smaller hurts, those smaller abrasions, those perceived slights, and, and all the setbacks that you have. So building those calluses are a great thing because now when adversity does show up, it's going to take something bigger and more impactful to really set you back. However, you need the foundation. And he tells a great story in the book during Hell Week about a guy named Sean Dobbs, who was a really talented athlete and, and was kind of really flying through, uh, through the first stage of Buds leading up to Hell Week. And then Hell Week comes around. Well, Sean Dobbs was really intent on showing everybody he was the man. And so he really was almost out to win for himself at the expense of other soldiers and just saying, I'm going to make it and you're not. Well, really, that's not the point of Hell Week. The point of Hell Week is, yes, these physical challenges, 
But at the point where it gets really difficult, it's really about you versus you. And you're going to ask yourself the question from everything I've read from multiple books, uh, from obviously reading Can't Hurt Me, reading Lone Survivor and, and other materials as well. You have to ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through and subjecting myself to literal hell? And Sean Dobbs, when the going got tough, he didn't have that answer. So at that point, during those toughest of times, he broke. He gave up. He rang the bell, which is the symbolic self-selection out of the week and, and out of the process of becoming a Navy SEAL. So when you're taking on tough things, taking it on for toughness sake, you may be developing some discipline, but without the foundation of why, it's really hard to be successful. And I think great authors like Simon Sinek, books like Start With Why, really call that out because you need to know your purpose. If you're going to pursue something that's going to cause you pain, hardship, an investment of time, an investment of energy, and a lot of heartache along the way, you better believe and you better know why you're doing this. Otherwise, when the going gets tough, you're probably not going to make it. So that was a great reminder for me to call out my whys in terms of what I'm pursuing and to understand what it's all about. Great, great call out. Here's the last one, number five. And, and I love this concept um, that, that Goggins talks about. So not to, not to ruin the story, because I really think you should read it if you haven't already. There's In the beginning of the story, he talks about just a brutal childhood. He's a, he's a product of, of domestic abuse and violence, uh, just a nightmare of a father who beat him, his brother, his mother, and he grew up in fear. And just an incredible story. Um, that alone of just surviving, becoming the man that he is, to me is incredible. And what's really interesting though is by the time he got to be a senior in high school, he realized he, he really wasn't standing for anything. He was cheating his way through school. Uh, he was barely literate. And he really had nothing that he was, was shooting for. And he was kind of headed nowhere to his own account. So his grandfather was in the Air Force. And he got inspired and said, I want to join the military. But there were two problems. First of all, he was pretty much a, a straight D and F student. So he wasn't going to graduate high school. Second thing was there was a military test, the ASVAB. Uh, I can't remember the acronym, but it's Armed Services Battery Test of some kind. I, I'm missing the V, the A, and the B. So he needs a minimum score in order to be eligible to join the Air Force. So what he did was he started looking in the mirror every day and putting post-it notes about that just reminded him of what he needed to do. Here's my grade point average. Here's what I need to do today. Here's what I need to, what I need to work on to study for this test. And in looking in the mirror every day, he also had this whole really cool kind of physical transformation. Every day he shaved his head. It was kind of a renewal piece of starting again. Um, I'm not really ready to do that because I got to say that, uh, you know, the power alleys, I'm not sure how quite they would come back in, given that I'm, I'm about to be 50. But 
I love this concept of the mirror because literally looking yourself in the mirror every day, you can't sugarcoat it. If you see where you are and what you need to do and the objective realities of where you stand, that's something you really have to face, literally and figuratively. If you're looking at your numbers and you're the low man on the board on a sales team, if your production is zero, he says, put that zero on the mirror and look at it. Rather than sugarcoat yourself and telling yourself you're great or you're perfect, you're zero. If you're a D student, look at that in the mirror and have your grade point average as a D student. I think this is an extreme accountability. And, and it's one that I think is, is really refreshing and it's somewhat daunting. Personally, I have not done this yet. And, and, and maybe that's my own, uh, maybe that's my own call out. Maybe that's my own highlight that I'm not ready to face what I'm going to see in the mirror, but I love the challenge. And I know this is something that I will take on. The flip side of the accountability mirror is the cookie jar. And it's a great pairing because let's say you go out and do that hard thing where on the mirror, you know, you've got to study for two hours for that ASVAB test. Well, guess what? You go do that hard thing. He says that's something you could kind of liken to the cookie in the cookie jar. No matter how poor they were, they always had the cookie jar as a place of solace. And this idea that every time you do something hard, Every time that you show up and you do what you said you were going to do, that's like a, taking a cookie from the cookie jar. And the more you do those hard things, the more you show up every day, do that thing that makes you better, do that thing that maybe you didn't really want to do, but you did it anyway, building those mental calluses that enhances your cookie jar. So then the next day when you face your mirror, you know, hey, I've got to go out and prove it again today. Here's where I stand. And then when you do the hard thing, you've got that cookie jar to lean on. That's your reservoir of confidence. That's your reservoir of resilience to know that, yes, look what I did yesterday. Look what I did this past week. Look what I did this past month. Look what I accomplished this past year. So yes, of course, I can go out and do that hard thing today. And I can get a little better, a little more resilient, a little bit mentally tougher, and do the work required to move my life forward. So this accountability mirror in the cookie jar to me is an outstanding metaphor that I challenge you to take on as well. So that's my top five takeaways from, from David Goggins. Again, I can't really do this man justice in terms of the incredible accomplishments he's had from a decorated 20 year career in the military uh, the only man I believe to have completed or participated in three hell weeks uh, to complete Navy SEAL training, Army Ranger training, and Air Force Control tactical training, only man on earth. He's competed in multiple ultra marathons. He holds the world record for pull-ups in a day, over 4,000. Take that in for a second. Uh, and just the tens of thousands of lives he's impacted from his speaking and his efforts to recruit for the military and the efforts that he's done to inspire young men and women to join the military, his efforts to inspire young men and women of color 
to join the military, which is really underserved and an area where he was really tasked to be able to work. And just the millions he's inspired now with his journey to test the mind, to push beyond what a person thinks they can do is just a beacon for me in so many ways. And if you read this book, I guarantee it'll give you some motivation and be a beacon for you. And what I love about this read is, yes, there's the motivation that's required there. There's the accountability component, but it's also got these practical takeaways that you can you can input into your life in really quick and easy ways. So as you, as you think about this, look, after reading the book, you don't have to be David Goggins. I'm certainly not. And, and I don't expect you to be either. But I think you can be a little bit better than the person you are today. I know I can be a little bit better, a little bit mentally tougher, a little bit more consistent and proactive than the man I am today. That's what this read is all about. And so as you take on this book, just think about how you can get that 1% better every day. And I guarantee that you will find incredible results on that journey. So pick up a copy. Thank you, David Goggins, for this incredible read. Uh, can't wait to finish book number two. And I hope this takes you a little bit more motivation, a little bit more inspiration, and some practical tools to help you on the journey. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Again, really appreciate you all spreading the message out there. And we'll see you again next time. Go get it.